Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and today we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have been praying for me and for my family during this time of trials that has been happening. But everything is better now and the Lord was able to see us through and I am just so grateful for all of his blessings and I'm really thankful for all the prayers that you guys sent for us. So before we get started, let's have a word of prayer. That way the Lord will be with us as we read and study and learn more of him and learn more of what he wants us to do. With that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for life and health and for all of the blessings that you give us. Thank you for the trials and the tribulations. Thank you that you gave us words of comfort and encouragement and thank you for leading us down the right path. We know it's not always easy. We know that there is a lot that can make us fall, but we ask that you continue to lead and guide and direct us in our lives. Help us to be more like you and less like ourselves. Help us to give up every evil habit that we have so that we can be with you in heaven. Help us to gain the victory over every sin because you have given us everything that we have and every tool at our disposal so that we can work together with you to overcome the enemy. And I just thank you and praise you for all you do for us. We ask all these things in your precious Holy Son's name. Amen. All right, so today I want to talk about pride. All of us can have this problem, whether it be in accomplishments that we have or in an argument that we have with somebody if we don't want to let go of our pride and say sorry, even when we may not be the ones at fault. There's a lot of situations where pride gets in our way and we have to humble ourselves. So today I want to talk about what the Bible has to say about pride, what the spirit of prophecy has to say about pride, and how we need to overcome this and work together with the Lord to get pride out of our lives. Let's first go to the Bible and see what it has to say about pride. There's a lot of verses about it and in Proverbs 11 too it says, when pride cometh then cometh shame but with the lowly is wisdom. So when pride comes, shame comes with it. We need to be able to put pride aside and let the wisdom and praise Praise come from another person. Wisdom comes from God and praise can come from anybody in our lives, but we cannot let that praise go to our heads. If somebody says to you, oh, I really like how you present things or how you sing or how you cook or whatever it might be, we need to be humble with it. We have to say, thank you, praise the Lord for giving us that ability or for giving me that talent or whatever it might be. We must humble ourselves and, and not be all like, oh yeah, of course I did that. I am so great. I'm so wonderful because the reality of the fact is that without God, we would be nothing and all of our talents would be as dust in the wind. We can either glorify God with our talents and abilities or we can glorify Satan. Which one would you rather glorify? Me personally, I would rather glorify the Lord for he is the one who gave it to us in the first place. Proverbs 8:13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride 
pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. So he hates evil and pride is definitely one of those things that he hates and we need to hate it as well. We must not let it get in our way. We must not let it take over us. It is an easy thing to do and sometimes we do it without thinking. Even in joking we say oh yes I'm so good or I'm talented or whatever it might be that you say. So we can fall into the trap very easily. And the Bible continues with this same thought when it says Romans 12 16. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Here we are being warned again through Paul that we should not condescend or think we are better than others. We need to be very careful in saying oh I'm so much better than this person because I do this and I do that. When we say these things we sin. When we think these things we sin against ourselves, against God, against our brothers. We do not know the things that these people are going through. We do not know their struggles. We cannot judge. Yes by their fruits we shall know them but at the same time we also need to be careful and not think we are better because of certain things that we might do differently. In the Bible it says in Proverbs 16:18, pride goeth before destruction and in haughty spirit before a fall. So we know that pride leads us to destruction and we fall. So when we have these thoughts we are not on the right pathway. We are not doing what the Lord would have us to do. We are sinning and we need to remember that we need to glorify the Lord instead of glorifying ourselves because it is him who gives us our air that we breathe, the thoughts that we think, the talents that we have. Everything we have is a blessing from the Lord and we only have evil thoughts in our heart. That is why the Lord wants us to get a new heart, a heart that is he gives us, not the heart of flesh and of evil that we always have because it says in 1 John 2:16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. So if we want to live a good life and have the Lord in our heart, we cannot have these things in our life. And yes, it is sometimes hard to get out of that habit of saying these things or complimenting ourselves or thinking that we did a good job. But we need to get into that habit of praising the Lord instead and honoring Him and not having this haughty spirit because when we have this, we are brought low. Nebuchadnezzar had to learn this the hard way. He was very proud over all of the kingdom of Babylon with the beautiful hanging gardens and the Lord warned him in a dream that if he continued in that way of being so prideful, he would be brought low. And Nebuchadnezzar didn't listen to him and the Lord made him as an animal to eat in the grass and the fields and he was insane. He lost his mind for seven years he was like that until he remembered the Lord again and praised him and he had to learn a very hard lesson but he never forgot it and he never went back to his old ways. And this should be a lesson to us too that we should not let pride get in our way because all that we have is the Lord's. Nebuchadnezzar forgot that and he said that all that he had he got by his own strength. But it says in the Bible that the Lord is the one who sets up kings and takes down kings. And he had to prove that to Nebuchadnezzar in a rather harsh way but it was a good thing because Nebuchadnezzar learned his lesson and he praised God and he was a believer and he loved the Lord because of all of the things
things that he went through. Bible also says in James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. If we really take that verse into consideration, we will realize what a blessing it is when we do humble ourselves because the Lord will lift us up to places that we won't even realize. He'll give us more responsibilities, more things to be able to witness more people. And when we witness to more people, we will receive stars in our crowns, the very crowns that he will give us that we will throw at his feet in worship and adoration. Moses was the most humble man in the Bible and he didn't get there overnight. He had a constant connection with the Lord. He also had to learn that through 40 years as a shepherd and he had to go to the Lord for help every single day and we must go to the Lord every single day for help as well. And this is why we are told these things and counseled these things so that we can make a change and we can humble ourselves. And it says in Job 22, 29, when men are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is lifting up and he shall save the humble person. So when we are humble, that means that he can save us. But if we have pride in our hearts, we cannot be saved because we will not allow Christ to take over. We will be too independent. We will rely too much on ourselves. We will think that we can do it on our own when that is not the case at all. And the Lord wants us to rely on him. He wants us to be codependent with him, fully dependent on him as well, because we need to be under his wings, safely abiding. There is coming to us a time such as never has been seen in this world. And we need to be able to rely on something that is more than ourselves. We must memorize the Bible. We must have that strong connection, that strong faith. Otherwise, we will never make it through the times that are coming. And we can do it. We just must make the effort. It is us working together with him. And it is so amazing that he came down to this earth to make that sacrifice, to humble himself so that we could be with him and gain the victory over all of the sin that is in the world and all of the things that the devil tries to throw our way. And that is something that we should be very thankful for indeed. So when we are brought low, sometimes we have to learn in a hard way when we get humiliated by something. It is lessons in growth. Moses also had to learn to be humble and teach him humility because he thought he would save the Israelites by going to war and fighting against the Egyptians. But the Lord had different plans because he knew that it would just bring glory to Moses. The glory had to come to the Lord. And there are so many examples in the Bible where we can see how pride got in the way and they had to learn the hard lesson. It is so amazing to read all of these stories and know that we are not the only ones going through these situations and that the Lord will be with us as he was with those people in the olden times. He will help us to get over pride. We must go to him in prayer and ask him for help and he will give it to us. Now I want to read some quotes from the Spirit of Prophecy on pride. It says in RH December 12th, 1882, paragraph 12. Parents, when you set an example of pride for your children, you are sowing seeds that will spring up and bear fruit. That which you sow, you will reap. The harvest will be plenteous and sure. It is easier to teach a lesson of pride than a lesson of humility. Satan and his angels stand ready to make the act of 
yours or the world that you may speak effectual to encourage your children to imitate the fashions of the world and in their pride to mingle with society that is not holy. O parents, you thus plant in your own bosoms a thorn that you will often feel in anguish. When you would counteract the sad lesson you have taught your children, you will find it well nigh impossible. You may deny them those things that would gratify their pride, yet it still lives in the heart, and nothing can destroy it but the quick and powerful Spirit of God. When this finds its way to the heart, it will work like a refining fire, and pride and love of the world will be consumed. And this goes for all of us. When we have the Spirit of God in our hearts, it will work in us like a refining fire, and all of that will be consumed. We must go to the Lord. We must pray. We must have a deep connection with the Lord. This is the only way we will get all of the sins of the world out of our lives, whether it's pride, lust, gluttony, the list goes on. But we know that we can overcome it all through the Lord. And it is amazing what he is able to do. The work that he does in our hearts is a miracle. And it is something that we should be so thankful for and grateful for. We must take day by day and die to ourselves daily, like Paul says in the Bible. 4T259.1 says, One of your greatest dangers is a spirit of self-confidence and pride. The great unhappiness which exists with you and in your family results immediately from the operation of pride. The usefulness of a man who has this pride must be greatly limited, for his pride and self-love keep him in a narrow sphere. His spirit is not generous. His efforts are not extended, but contracted. By his conversation and deportment, this pride will be discovered if it exists. So right here we're told that if we have pride in our hearts and it grows, eventually it will be revealed and it cannot be hid. Be sure your sin will find you out, the Bible says. And we must either get the sin out now with the help of the Lord, or one day all of our sins will be known by those we know and love today and by ourselves. We will have to stand in front of the judgment seat and hear our sins and we will have to answer for them. In R.H. July 5th, 1887, paragraph 10, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He died to make an atonement and to become a pattern for everyone who would be his disciple. Shall selfishness come into your hearts? And will those who set not before them the pattern Jesus extol your merit? You have none except as they come through Jesus Christ. Shall pride be harbored after you have seen deity humbling himself and then as man debasing himself till there was no lower point to which he could descend? Be astonished, O ye heavens, and be amazed, ye inhabitants of the earth, that such returns should be made to our Lord. What contempt, what wickedness, what formality, what pride, what efforts made to lift up man and glorify self when the Lord of glory humbled himself, agonized, and died the shameful death upon the cross in our behalf. This is some very strong language. Jesus humbled himself. We should be willing to do the same. Peter was astonished when Jesus knelt before them to wash the feet of the disciples. And he said, no, Lord, it should not be so. We should be doing this for you. And Jesus said, it must be so. Because he was showing us an example that we also must be servants. We must humble ourselves and be willing to serve everyone around us, no matter who it might be. R.H. September 4th, 1900, paragraph.
paragraph 12 says, Pride of talent, pride of intellect cannot exist in hearts that are hid with Christ in God. There would be no strivings to let self stand forth conspicuously unless deity and humanity combined had stood in the gap to stay the sentence of a broken law. Its penalty would have fallen without abating a jot of its severity upon the sinful. It fell on Jesus, the world's redeemer, to give man another trial. Then let us humble ourselves and adore Jesus, but never, never exalt self in the least degree. God forbid that we should foster in ourselves independence. Make haste that none of us may occupy the fearful position of him for whom Christ died in vain. Again, this is so powerful that we need to really consider this so carefully. We cannot let this exist in our hearts if we are claiming to be Christians. We must humble ourselves. We must give ourselves to God. We do not belong to ourselves. He owns us. We are bought with a price, the price of his blood, and we must be willing. If we are not willing to give up ourselves to him, then we do not want to be saved. We do not want to be in heaven. There is only two choices. You cannot stay on the fence. The choice is either give up self and give up all of the world or follow Satan to death and destruction. These are the choices and we are free to do whichever choice we want. God does not force us, but he does want us to be on the side that is good. He wants us to be in heaven for eternity and that requires us to give up things and it should be something that we are excited to do and joyful to do but sin gets in the way self gets in the way and we want the things that we want and we make excuses for sin when it would be far better to give up those things what is a moment in this time compared to the eternity to come nothing it is worth absolutely nothing rh august 3 1911 paragraph 5 says all pride of opinion all dependence upon the wisdom of this world are unprofitable and vain. When men, instead of humbly receiving the truth of God in whatever way it may be sent to them, begin to criticize the words and manners of the messenger, they are manifesting their lack of spiritual perception and their want of appreciation for the truth of God, which is of vastly more importance than the most cultured and pleasing discourse. One critical speech disparaging the messenger of God may start a train of unbelief in some mind that will result in making of none effect the word of truth. Those who have a constant struggle to cherish humility and faith are far from being benefited by this course. Anything like pride in learning and dependence upon scientific knowledge which you place between your soul and the word of the Bible will most effectually close the door of your heart to the sweet, humble religion of the meek and lowly Jesus. Wow, that is amazing. We must not let the wisdom of the world or scientific knowledge get in the way of what the Bible and the spirit of prophecy tell us is truth. We must study to show ourselves approved. We must humble ourselves. And when somebody comes to us to tell us that we are in error about something, we must be willing to hear them and study it out with them and be willing to change if necessary. I have met and talked with a lot of people who have said, I will never change. This is my position the end. And unfortunately, that is a sad thing to say because we must be willing to learn and unlearn the habits and the philosophy
philosophies that we hold on to because sometimes we are wrong. We must go by what the Bible and the spirit of prophecy say and we must study until we know the truth without a shadow of doubt in our mind. And we must be willing to listen to what he would have us to do. Sometimes people are sent into our lives for a reason and that reason might be to help us to get our lives in a better right standing with the Lord. We must be careful that we don't fall off and we cannot accept just everything that everybody tells us. So if they come with this crazy thing that isn't true, that such as the state of the dead, that the dead are really around us, we can prove to them from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy where it says that the dead are in the ground and are waiting for the resurrection. So something like that, we can prove. The Sabbath we can prove. These are just examples. But for other things, we might have to study it out with them and and really see what the word of the Lord has to say. We must not be afraid to stand up for truth. St. August 24, 1904, paragraph 4 says, The perils of the last days are upon us. Those who live to please and gratify self are dishonoring the Lord. He cannot work with them, for they would misrepresent him before those who are ignorant of the truth. Be very careful not to hinder. By an unwise expenditure of means, the work that the Lord would have done in proclaiming the warning message to a world lying in wickedness. Study economy, cutting down your personal expenses to the lowest possible figure. On every hand, the necessities of the cause of God are calling for help. God may see that you are fostering pride. He may see that it is necessary to remove from you blessings which instead of improving, you have used for the gratification of selfish pride. The truth that we hear will save us only as we gladly accept it, showing in our lives the results of its working, growing in grace and in the knowledge of God. So we must be willing to gladly accept it and be willing to change if we expect to change. We cannot do this by ourselves. And I said this over again, and I'll probably say it again, but we must be working together with the Lord to get a new heart and to get all of this evilness out and wickedness out of our heart. In CTR 232.5 and 6, it says, Christ did not exalt people by ministering to their pride. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Unless human pride is humbled and subdued, unless the stubborn heart is made tender by the Spirit of Christ, it is not possible for him to impress his divine similitude upon us. He, the humble Nazarene, might have poured contempt upon the world's pride, for he was commander in the heavenly courts. But he came to our world in humility, in order to show that it is not riches or position or authority or honorable titles that the universe of heaven respects and honors, but those who will follow Christ, making any position of duty honorable by the virtue of their character through the power of his grace. No human being is warranted to uplift self in pride, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. We need that same humble 
spirit in us that the Lord had. He gave up so much for us. We understand only a little bit of the sacrifice that he gave to us when there is so much that we just don't know until we get to heaven and we can really grasp and see how much he truly gave up to come and become human and go through all of the trials and the tribulations that he went through and a shameful death and all of that for us because he loves us and he wants us to be with him forever. I want to give up all of the evilness of the world because I love him and that is why you should be willing to do it too. Not because of fear of what is to come but because you love the Lord and you love what he has done for you and you want to spend eternity with him. It is not an easy walk that we have chosen but it is possible and we can see over and over again how the Lord helped those in the past, how he has helped us in our own life and how he will continue to help us and we must cling to the promises, we must have faith and we must have that connection with the Lord. Everything comes into being. It's not just one thing or another. We must have everything combined. We must put on the full armor of truth and of life and of light and we must have the armor of the Lord on us to be able to fight against the foe because he is attacking us and he wants us to fall and knock it up so that we have to pay the penalty for our own sins. He does not want us to be saved. He is our enemy and we must rise above and we must fight and we must not turn back because our back is the only place that is not protected by anything. We have a shield, we have the breastplate, we have shoes, we have the sword, we have a helmet, but there's nothing on our back to protect us because when we turn aside and turn from the truth, then the devil can get us more easily and it is harder to get back to where you once were after you have fallen. It's not impossible, it's just harder because you are loving sin again and you are in this content comfort zone that you've placed yourself in and you don't want to move from it because it's hard, it's not fun, it means I have to give up this or do this and it's so many rules and regulations or whatever the excuses we give ourselves are. But we must remind ourselves of what we are fighting for. Every single day we must put on the armor, we must die to ourselves, we must put self aside and we must be ready. And SD 67.3 says, come for all things are now ready. Whosoever will let him come and partake of the waters of life freely. It is now that we want childlike simplicity. We want to see everything like pride and vanity and folly put away. We have the judgment in view. Men and women will want strength that is greater than any human aid to lean upon. They must lean upon the mighty arm of Jehovah. We have in view that day when the works of men are to be tried and tested and we want you to get ready. We make appeals to you to rid yourselves of the pride of the world, the pride and vanity and folly of life. Jesus loves you. Jesus pities you. The angelic host he sends to minister unto you. And now, while all heaven is interested for you, will you be interested for yourself? And that is a wonderful quote to leave on because this asks a very important question for all of us to consider very carefully. Will we be interested for ourselves? Will we take what we are given? Will we take hold of the mighty arm of Jehovah and lean upon him? Because there is coming a time and it's coming very fast when we will not have an intercessor. We 
We will not have these things to rely upon like we have now. We will not be able to ask for forgiveness of sin. We must take this time now to get rid of every sin that is before us, whether it's pride or any of the numerous other sins that we could mention. You get the idea. But we must be willing and we must get rid of it all. All we can do is take one day at a time and live that day in the Lord and lean upon the Lord. The next day will worry about itself. If you get overwhelmed and think of all of the days ahead of you, it is easy to fall into despair. But take one day at a time and say, today the Lord and I will work together and we will overcome and I will have this connection with the Lord. And trials will come. Temptations will come. Situations will arise because the devil knows that you've made this commitment and he does not want you to continue with this commitment. He wants you to fall. But we have the Lord on our side and he is mightier and stronger than anything that the devil can throw our way. We just must be willing to stand up for truth, stand up against the temptations that are coming our way and we must rely on the Lord and we must be interested for ourselves and lean upon that great and mighty strength. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now with that I want to sing this song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. I think it fits really well with what we were talking about. Pass me not, O Gentle Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by, Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Let me at thy throne of mercy find a sweet relief. Kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry, while on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by, trusting only in thy merit, would I seek thy face, heal my wounded broken spirit, save me by thy grace, Savior, Savior. Hear my humble cry While on others thou art calling Do not pass me by Thou the spring of all my comfort More than life to me Whom have I on earth beside thee? Whom in heaven but thee? Savior, Savior, hear my 
not pass me by. And I do not want the Savior to pass me by. And I do not want him to pass you all by. So I pray that you take everything I have said into consideration. Study it out for yourself. And know that the Lord loves you and is willing to help you and to lead you out of the darkness. Remember what it says in Matthew 5.16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So with all of this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.